love my HBCU. And Bob, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talking Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talking they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a loss. Yeah. And who's the ball? Who's the ball? So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Camille. We're inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is back in the lab, in the studio, Mike. How is the world traveler doing today? Yeah, the world traveler is doing great, Doc. Glad to, glad to be back in the lab. Talk cuss and discuss all matters having to do with the diaspora that we know as HBCU sports with none other than the doc and my boy CB looking all Jack looking all Jackson State and stuff. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got his little golf cap on HBCU. Uh, Look like uh, playing a couple rounds this month. Oh, man. I'm, 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 I'm ready to play this weekend. I, I done figured out a couple of things with the chipping game. So anytime I can get it close and then we got this uh, we got the swag championships that just happened in Jackson with with golf. So uh, feeling good. Looking forward to getting out some rounds in this weekend. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, uh, talking about uh, the sporting diaspora, I have some HBC sports news here. Well, we have the Texas Southern All Sports Banquet. I'll be attending right after this show to go check that out and celebrate the play of Texas Southern University. And speaking of that, we do have a Provost Texas Southern University come, incoming provost. We currently have an acting provost, Dr. Butte Queen, uh, putting in some work at the uh, ac- highest academic level. But we'll bring in one uh, Bowie State University, uh, their current uh, provost there, Dr. Carl Goodman, uh, will come down here and take on the same role for Texas Southern University. And I thought that was intriguing as we just presented uh, you a day ago. Uh, a couple of days ago, me last week uh, to Bowie State students, uh, courtesy on a project we're working on, on there. So interesting connection. Look forward to working with uh, Dr. Goodman uh, as we continue to get things rolling. With that being said, let me stick with you, Charles. How are you doing today? Doing well, Doc. Doing well. Looking forward to uh, talking a little uh, HBCU news, HBCU sports today. Uh, looking forward to uh uh, this upcoming weekend, we got some big games on the baseball diamonds and on the softball field as well. So, looking forward to it. We'll get get into it a little bit, maybe the second half of the show uh, or so. We'll get Mike's thoughts on it, and we'll come back and get a little bit more your bounce off of Mike's thoughts since you gave some great <laughs> breakdown and analysis of the previous games this past weekend. We'll see if Mike can provide us a little data as we were asking some of the questions that I ask you. We'll let him give his thoughts on that. But with that being said, let me stay with you, Charles. Uh, what's on your mind on some HBCU news of the day? Yeah, let's take a look at it. We got some hardware to hand out over there in the SWAC as the golf championships were played at the Refuge in Jackson, Mississippi uh, this past Monday through Wednesday. And Texas Southern's women's 
Golf. They claim back-to-back titles as they won their second straight conference title, winning the 2023 SWAT Championship yesterday. Uh, TSU took control of the championship from the opening round as they ended up winning the title by 21 strokes. So this marks the third overall title for the Texas Southern Program, the second consecutive title uh, for and the first for head coach Willie Shankle. Coach uh, Willie Shankle's uh, head pro over there at Sharpstown Golf Course. Golf Course, I play quite a bit. So uh, uh, congratulations, Coach Shankle, uh, for his uh, TSU women winning the SWAT championship this past Wednesday. Good man. Oh, Coach Shankle, TSU, Texas University alum as well, getting it done, uh, bringing championships, in this case, back-to-back championships as he leads the team this year. Fastness. Fascinating to see how that goes. Uh, talking about the board, I said it, uh, Dr. Kevin Granger actually brought them, along with the basketball team and the national championship cheerleading team, cheer squad, brought them in front of the board. So that was nice as they got recognized in terms of two of them with their SWAT championships, basketball back-to-back-to-back tournament championships. And then, obviously, you just said golf back-to-back championships on the women's side. And then a national championship, uh, first of its kind, uh, in terms of Texas Southern University. So fascinating to see how that goes there. Mike, what are your thoughts, news of the day? Yeah, so switching a little bit, talking about football, I got a couple of uh, tweets. You know, I get tweets when everybody opens, you know, they release their schedule. So Florida Memorial. University releases its 2023 football schedule. Uh, this was also on game day, HBC Sports. It was on Twitter. It was on a couple of uh, media. So the university has announced its schedule for 2023, uh, and it's sure to be a, a great season. But the Lions opened the campaign with a trip to Georgia. Okay, no big deal to take on Division Three opponent LaGrange University down in middle Georgia. Uh, I think that's on August 26th, followed by a trip to Duval County to take on in-state uh, foe Edward Waters in the Big Cat Classic. Here's the kicker, okay? Following a bye week, Florida Memorial travels to Louisiana to take on NCAA FCS Division I opponent, Gramlin State University, at historic Eddie G. Robinson Memorial Stadium. I'll say that again if you didn't catch it. And following a bye week, Florida Memorial travels to Louisiana to take on NCAA FCS Division I opponent, Gramlin State University. So they take on Division III LaGrange. Then they'll take on Duval, uh, you know, take a trip to Duval County and take on Edward Waters and the Big Cat Classic. And then they're going to let a week go by and then they're going to go to uh, Louisiana. So interesting. The following week, the Lions uh, host first year uh, program, John Melvin. So a couple of things, John Melvin University and the home opener at their Betty T. Ferguson Stadium on September 23rd. Then they travel west to take on Ave Maria and the conference over to close out the month of September. That is a very strange September. They go from Division Three to NAIA to Division One. I don't know about <laughs> you. Are they all over the place with this? But you know, Florida Memorial does have some promise. So uh, you know, they I think they also take on Warner University in the rematch of last year's. 49-22 victory for Florida Memorial. 
And then uh, the, they'll have the Battle of Miami Gardens against conference opponent St. Thomas University. So they have a very unique schedule in this Sun Conference. So I, I don't know what to say about it. they all over the place. Kudos, hats off to Florida Memorial. But your eyes have to be circling that Grambling State game uh, in September. So that kind of caught my eye as news of the day. I'd be interested in your thoughts because – uh, you know, are we talking, you know, with uh, Grambling's past performance cast, you know, past two or three years, or is this suspect to an upset early football tales? I don't know. This is just Big Mike with some early data points, early data warnings. How about that? Yeah, no, I don't see an upset in Grambling. <laughs> I can't see it. But, yeah, that, that's fascinating when you look at it like this. Before we go to this uh, – break i did want to jump in on this you know a lot of the nil news and talk is out there we kind of pushed that extremely early giving people indication of what was taking place particularly when california kind of let off with things you know uh three some years ago if you would and they had an indication that they were going to um start with the nil and open things up they actually had a two-year margin of when they were going to start the program and it took off across the country and everybody ultimately decided they were going to do it essentially over the next year then the um supreme court made a ruling on a similar subject that really just threw open the doors well here's california added again check this out with the last votes in california this is from yesterday the california assembly of higher education committee approves bill that would include opportunity for revenue sharing for college athletes. Final count, eight, yes, three no's, one no not voting. Bill goes to the Appropriation Committee, which is chaired by the bill sponsor, Chris Holden. Um, so this becomes significant. Now it's talking about that the institutions, college athletic programs can actually support help, if you would, uh, in NIL, which is different than the NCAA rules, which says that they can't provide really any help. Just lately, they updated that and said they could at least uh, provide some guidance and things of that nature. So this is really uh, going in a lot of ups, opposite direction. You have ADs out there that are seeming to lose their mind, if you would, uh, in terms of what that may look like as them saying, hey, uh, can we curve this back the other? Can we get some national rules? Well, you got states like, yeah, y'all gonna talk about these states, right? We gonna show you states, right? So I yeah. love it. Yeah, we so got your be fast. We, we got your states, right, sir? <laughs> so, so, uh, so. market talking about uh, capitalism. Um, you're gonna see to me other states that follow suit in some form and format because they don't want to put their athletic programs in jeopardy as their coaches go crazy and yeah. talking about, hey, we're going to lose these athletes to California because they're going to be able to help them out and pay them money. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that goes. So I wanted to be one of the uh, on the forefront to talk about what that looks like. Let's take our first break. We'll come back on the other side. We have our guest. We'll see if we can get him on and get ready uh, for this guest. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this first break. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster. 
absorbs even more so you can feel dry and locks odors in. Rethink your pack for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Glill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Josh and Charles Bishop. We have our guest, Mr. Yusuf Khan. Yes, How sir. You doing today? Good, good. How's everyone doing? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Senior work, obviously, um, your new venture, First and Pen. Love the title of that platform, First and Pen. Obviously, a playoff of First and Ten. First down, let's go move the chains. So we get you to tell a little bit story about that. Obviously, um, many people may recognize your work um, coming out in the Shadow League in terms of what you were able to manage and put out there. But we can go back a little bit with your experience as a media executive that people may not realize of how much experience you have in terms of leading the pack, in terms of sales and climbing up uh, the executive ladder at CSTV. Now people recognize it as CBS Sports Network uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of how that business grew, uh, Interactive One, now Urban One, that people are also familiar with in terms of those names and brands that are out there. Uh, and as I said, the Shadow League. But now you're doing some new ventures, new products, uh, projects, I should say. Uh, obviously, we talked about the first and pen. We'll give you a chance to talk about that. But I really want to shine some light on getting the game, which is 
a special conference venture that is dedicated to HBCUs. But before we get in and cross some of these subjects, tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of where you're from, uh, your interest in sports and your connection with HBCUs. Sure. Well, again, thank you all for having me on. I've been a fan of your show, seen it long, long time ago. So I really appreciate it. And I'm I'm grateful to be here. Um, so I'm born and raised New York City kid, educated, you know, New York City, Bronx, went to Trinity College. And when I graduated, I actually um, got into banking for the first six years of my career and kind of came to a conclusion like banking wasn't it for me. I, I rose up the ladder. I did pretty well. But I realized, you know what? I want something else. And I happened to be working at the Madison Square Garden branch in New York City, where the Knicks and the Liberty were playing at the time. And I met a couple of folks there. They said, why don't you come and try, you know, game night marketing was my first experience in sports. And from there, I started taking classes at NYU in a sports marketing certificate program. Remember, back then, they didn't have management programs like we have now. And um, during that program, I met someone at ESPN who told me we have entry-level positions if you want to join. And I had already been out six years. I was a year away from my VP, and they told me you you can be an entry-level. And I wow. said, you know, if I want to start all over. But I said, if this is what I have to do to get in the industry, I'm willing to do it. So I ended up doing it. Worked there for five and a half years on many different things, including auto racing, X Games. I was their senior planner. Um, created, actually, ESPN's first show, merging urban culture and sports together. It was called the ESPN Block Party. Block Party. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that. Yeah. Um, so that was my show with uh, my coworker at the time, Teresa Moore. We created it. Um, we were the first ones to put a barbershop on national cable television as well, before the movie, before LeBron. We did that first back in 2003. Um, and then from there, I found my niche in startups. So I went to college sports television. I uh, became the leading sales rep from college sports television over our next 15 years of startups. And then at the Shadow League, I ran the Shadow League for six and a half years. Um, and then after COVID, decided to launch First in Penn. And now I'm on your show. So I'm excited. <laughs> good career. Good career. Yes. Cool. It's really uh, awesome to hear that growth and how you had to pivot. Because we tell the students a lot about understanding, chasing your dreams. Uh, but what that means and entails in your example of what that looks like. Uh, let's get in a little bit first on the first and pin, because mm-hmm. um, I want to spend some significant time on the get in the game, which, again, uh, provides an opportunity for HBCU um, students in terms of that conference. that's going to be in Baltimore, Maryland, if I'm correct there. Yes. Um, but first and pin, I think, is intriguing. Uh, component and people may have read some of that work and not really make the connection in terms of what you're doing there. Tell us a little bit about what is First and Pin. Sure. So, you know, back at ESPN, I realized there was this sort of void in sports coverage, which was, you know, our perspective, voices of color, black voices, you know, everything was just stats and scores. And as, as everyone knows, there's more to sports than just the game, right? And we were able to bring a little bit of that out at ESPN with the block party. And then I was able to do more of that at Shadow League. But I felt one of the the areas that was really getting hurt by this digital media was journalism and good storytelling. And I felt like there was a cycle of, okay, just post something, make it clickbait, drive some traffic, make some money, and we'll create this, this site. And I didn't want to do that anymore. I felt like everyone's doing it. I didn't want to play 
in that area. And so I came up with the idea first and pen, which is obviously, as you said, a play on first and 10, right? Because to start any drive, you got to start first and 10. And the pen refers to journalism. Um, I am not a trained journalist, but I've always had a talent to write and I've always enjoyed writing. And uh, I came up through sales and marketing and I've been fortunate in my career to be able to merge the two. And I think that's something a lot of people don't understand. In order to build a business, all the entities have to work together. And if content is not working with sales, sales is not working with content, you cannot have success. And I've been fortunate to be able to blend the two together. And um, that's how I came up with First and Pen. And I wanted to tell some great stories through the voices of our people, you know, black and brown people who can tell you a different perspective, whether it's historical opinion, uh, perspective, whether it's an analysis, you know. It allows us to go a little deeper into sports. Um, so I've been very excited about what we're doing. And I found a niche with professors of color in particular, because as I'm sure most of you know, if you're going to publish something as a professor, it's got to be an academic journal and it's pretty heavy lift, you know, and I wanted to create a destination where you can come daily and either write about something of interest or to read about something of interest that isn't going to be 10,000 words, right? That it's oh, wow. really mm. good. Yeah, right. That's good. So that's yeah. why I created First and Pen. And I found that people are really taking to what we're doing. Um, and I'm going to, you know, we're actually going to expand a little bit this year um, and do some other other forms of media as well, including podcasts and some other things. So I'm very excited about our direction. And the response has been great so far. And I appreciate people like yourselves who gives an opportunity to talk about it. Mm, interesting. Absolutely. As I promise yeah. we will get in to get in the game and the conference there, which I <laughs> I'm really excited about, but I wanted to give Charles um, a chance to follow up with a question or two. Well, I, I really applaud you for for, uh, for starting uh, this venture. I, I'm and I was thinking about myself, especially uh, in regards to uh, the, the getting the game, because uh, I know when I was coming out of school, I was looking for any avenue <laughs> to pursue to to go uh, down the sports path, and uh, and when I would go to the co-op placement office. You know, they had the traditional, you know, sort of uh, mediums, if you will, to, to try to interview various sports teams and things that they who just weren't coming to HBCUs, uh, I found at the time. So I'm uh, very appreciative of this. Uh, and uh, I'm, your story, I'm curious when you talked about uh, uh, going up the corporate ladder, if you will, and then taking an entry level position uh, with ESPN. That's fascinating to me. Oh, where did it kind of come together where you knew that this was kind of the pathway that you wanted to go? You know, when when um, when I first got there and I got my first paycheck from ESPN, I was like, whoa, maybe I made a mistake <laughs> <laughs> you know? because that was a 50 percent pay cut, too. And I was like, whoa, OK, maybe. But I tell you, it's when I do Yeah, <laughs> I, I really questioned that. That was my bank account was like, hey, wait a minute. Right. But I tell you, when I started learning the business and getting involved with how media is bought, how media is sold, people nice. don't have that understanding. And it and it's it creates a lot of false narratives and misconceptions. And what I'm grateful for is when I was at ESPN, and this is a true story, they quizzed us once a month on media math. So we had to learn media math, and then prove that we learned it once a month. And we became a top-notch sales planning 
team. I worked on the television sales planning side. And from there, I learned the business of television. I learned how ratings work. I learned how programming and sales work together. I learned how different entities, NCAA, NFL, auto racing, all of these entities come together. And where it really came together for me was in 2002, um, we acquired the NBA. NBC had given it up. They had finished their last broadcast. So we secured it along with Turner. Uh, I think it was a six-year, $2.4 billion deal. And I was part of the group that had to present it to the total sales team. There were four of us. And I learned about the ins and outs of the sports media game and sports rights. Wow. That, that Charles, is where everything kind of clicked for me. And I was like, you know, if you can understand how these discussions work and how the money works, you're able to build media companies with so much more ease because you understand how to make money, how to price things effectively. Not a lot of people have that experience. And I was fortunate to have that. And it was five years worth of experience. So, you know, when I get out there into sort of the general market companies, they can't pull the wall over my eyes because I really learned from the ground floor up how this ratings game works and how media rights work. So that was the moment, 2002, when we acquired the NBA. Oh, wow, that's fascinating. Let's get into this uh, first break. We'll come back on the other side because I know this is a push point for a lot of folks. And so as a promise, we will get into this, get in the game. We have, have some time, particularly if you can give us a little more and stay over. We're going to sure. take this break, come back on the other side. Uh, I allow Mike to get in the question. Charles will follow up and we'll talk a little bit more about the significance of the media rights. Obviously, you followed this in regards to on Twitter spaces, a lot of this discussion on media rights and, uh, hey, you see SEC uh, uh, in terms of billion dollar deals. This last one that we seen with Kevin Warren, what he was able to to explode in terms of the Big Ten deal and how it was similar to some of the professional deals in terms of multi uh, organizations, companies that he got to bid on it, which obviously drove up the price. You can yeah. probably give us a unique perspective of what that looks like sure. and the benefits and the challenges of a conference such as a SWAG, NEAC, in regards to what it looks like for them to navigate the space of media deals. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. I promise we'll give you more. Mike will be up to bat, and you have none other than listening to Yusuf, Yusuf, Yusuf Khan, excuse me, in regards to giving you some updates on First and Pen, uh, his program and platforms get in the game, as well as a conference that's coming up in October in Baltimore, Maryland. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot of that, and who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor Yes, sir, yes, sir. and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. 
This is Dr. Zills with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Wash and Charles Bishop. We left off with our interview with Mr. Yusuf Khan, giving you some updates and information of how he learned the backside of the media game and the business. Um, I know I have a question, but I'm going to be nice and, and, and share the mic as I should with Brother Mike as he's kind of joined us. He's been out on assignment, so sometimes I have to turn off his mic, Brother Khan, but uh, we're going to let him see if he can play play with Nice with everybody. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, brother Khan, don't listen. I've known him for thirty years. I was, I, I brought you in. I can take you. He's no, also exactly. a birthday boy. So he's feeling himself it's, in the birthday boy. Yeah, I celebrated fifty-two years in Alpha. So because of him, that I had oh, okay. flashbacks. So you know how they. So, <laughs> so my question is 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 fairly simple. I think you started going into it. I was, you know, looking at getting the game. I know you're going to get into that. You, you know, you talk about the complexity of sports business and you said most people don't truly understand, you know, kind of the complexity of the business of sports. Can you give us your two or three based on your experience, cardinal rules that you picked up and say, you know, don't do this, do this, especially for people of color or where where it pertains to all, uh, African-American sports conferences, what have you learned with respect to the sports business so that you can go and say, hey, you may not want to go down the street. You may want to try this. You may want to try that. The, the first thing is that not a lot of people take the time to understand how the business really works. And that that is a killer off the bat because what happens is I've had so many people come up to us from from ESPN days, college sports days, and they will pitch us on these great ideas. And I, I'll give you an HBCU example. Okay. They pitched us on Battle of the Bands. They pitched us on um, some of the classics that were going on at the time. The problem was this. When you looked at the ratings of these games, it's not about was the game important or not. That's not what it what it boils down to. It boils down to were people watching it? And at that time, you're talking about 2003 to 2007, people weren't watching it. And, and it's not a disrespect to HBCUs, not at all. The problem was that, one, nobody knew where to watch it, you know, unless you were in that local market. So if you're in Mississippi, you know where Jackson State games are. But if you're not, you don't know when and where they're on TV, you know. So that was one of the challenges is, is the programming side of it and then how it translates to ratings. You cannot just say we've got a great game with, you know, Jackson and we've got a great game. We're going to be playing whoever it is. I don't even care what team it is. Texas Southern, right? Might be the top game of the of the year. Problem is, if nobody's watching it, it won't be back next year. It won't. And so that was a challenge, you know, for for us at College Sports Television, because we actually did air. This was an interesting story. We aired um, Grambling at University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And it was um, it was an interesting game because uh, I got a call from a friend of mine who was in the record business. And she said, listen, I've got um, them franchise boys. You guys remember the franchise boys? I do remember. It's a kind of funny story, but it's a true story. She said, they're going to be in Arkansas. Do you have a game or anything? I said, yeah, actually, we bought the broadcast rights or production rights to this scrambling Pine Bluff theme. So I said, let me connect you with maybe the band director. Maybe you guys can do something at halftime. Maybe there's something cool, right? And they ended up doing the deal. And it actually was a huge hit. They showed up place went crazy the band performed it was incredible 
The problem was when we were trying to orchestrate that deal, the people at, at uh, Pine Bluff didn't understand what type of rights we own. We own the rights to produce that game. We paid Pine Bluff, uh, I think it was like 30, 40, 50,000, whatever it was, to air that game. And they didn't understand that because we owned it, we could do whatever we wanted with it. We could air it on tape delay. We ended up airing it live, but we could sell the repeats, et cetera. They didn't understand it. And it led to a lot of confusion. And this is why I mean that, or what I was saying about, if you don't understand how media works, you Mm. will lose out every single time. Absolutely. And and I don't care if it's the Bayou Classic. I don't care if it's the SWAC MEAC channel. I don't care what it is. If you don't understand the ratings game, if you don't understand the importance of generating ratings, it doesn't matter. They won't put the game on. They just won't. We see it right now with women's sports, right? Because mm-hmm. women's sports is blowing up right now. Why? Because it's on air and people are watching it. Same thing with HBCU sports. If you put it on at the right time, you let people know, you put the resources behind it, you'll have a much better opportunity of winning. And we saw that this year with the Celebration Bowl. We saw a great game, right? Now, what does that mean for next year? Now, obviously, Deanna is not there. We understand that. However, the ratings are going to count for next year because that's how they sell the game. They say, what is the rating this year? Do we expect it to go up or down? And then we will charge advertising rates based upon that. And if you don't understand that, you'll be fighting a losing battle. Wow. I hope I answered that question. No, that was, that's exactly what I was like. The lessons learned. I, it I leads, me to, leads me to another question. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Well, I, I, and I wanted to ask this question, you know, just from a fan standpoint, you said, uh, you mentioned, uh, and uh, my grandfather used to say all the time, people don't lie about what they like. Is there, especially with regards to HBCU sports, is there a way, uh, you mentioned the resources, is there a way to promote it uh, to where it becomes uh, fashionable or, or it becomes the thing to do to watch HBCU athletics? I I think, first of all, you got to look at the product, right? And the product is the actual game, okay? If you're talking about on-site experience, that's one thing. You know you're going to get the people there on-site. That is not even a question. I don't care where it is. You're going to get the people there on-site. But does that translate to a television experience? It does not. It doesn't. You know, so... What do you have to do? You have to improve the product of the game, which means you got to get good players. You got to get good games. Over the last, I would say, five, six years, we see a pipeline develop and it's strengthened of players going to HBCUs or at least considering HBCUs for their athletic experience. And that was a void that we saw from probably late 1999 through 2008, maybe 2010. Where there was this void where athletes just weren't coming out anymore out of there, you know, and if they were coming out, they weren't elite like they used to be. Mm -hmm. And so now with what I don't care what people say about Deion Sanders personally, he brought a certain attention to HBCU football and Jackson State, obviously, but it, it definitely helped the product and people can get very personal about it. And I get it. I I understand it, but it doesn't matter if you're going to go to ESPN and say, listen, we're going to air this game. We want you to pay us 200,000 for it. You better better be able to show ESPN why it's worth 200,000. You can't just go in and say, well, it's HBCU football. They don't care about that. Why? Because I just signed a 10 year, $3 billion deal for sec football exclusively. 
you know, so I don't really need HBCU football. So if you want me to need it, you got to show me why. And that's that's just speaking honestly from a money perspective, right? They're not going to invest $3 billion over 10 years with the SEC and then push it back for an HBCU football that, that does 25% of the rating. They're not going to make money on that. Yeah. So wow. that's why I say the product has to be good. And fortunately, I think the product has improved, you know, and it has gotten good. And it also is how many players are going to the league, right? So when you see more players going to the league, that automatically filters back to the current student athletes at HBCU institutions because they say, oh, Darius Leonard came out of South Carolina State. Oh, I'm going to consider going there because he's an all pro, right? And now he can promote back to the school, back to the conference. You know, because he's in the NFL, he's got a great platform. So that is the way it's going to work. It, it's not going to be put us on air. It's got to be, you got to show me why. And, you know, that's just the reality of television. So if we are better educated about how to position HBCU athletics, not just football, but athletics, you are in a much better position to reap the benefits of those rewards. Great stuff, great stuff. As Mike says all the time, uh, the data points, uh, a lot of what you're talking about, I always tell folks is understanding the math behind this, understanding the science, the business of sports. When we say it, we mean that. Perfect segue to talk about getting the game. Careers and internships in sports business for HBC students and of color. What is getting the game? So about a year and a half ago, um, some of my friends who run a company, a uh, sports analytics data company, SBRnet, they approached me um, about doing a content partnership. So we signed that and it's working well. And we're both educators, right? We're all teachers. Well, I teach at a couple of universities in sports management. And we said, you know, we've noticed that students don't really have a true understanding about what sports is, right? They think that just because I worked at ESPN, I was hanging out with Stuart Scott all day, Right. That, that's not what I did. Right? That's not that is far from what I did. Right. So, you know, I had to I, I, we came to this realization that they don't understand the industry. They don't understand the pathways. They don't even understand how to get in the game. So that's how we came up with the idea is that in order to get in the game, you got to understand how to get in the game. So what we wanted to do was create a educational sports conference, not just your traditional Hey, you know, listen to these three panelists and they'll tell you about their careers. Anyone can do that. And it, it's fine. I have no problem with that because we'll be doing a little bit of that. But we need to really create educational learning opportunities for the students so that they really understand. So, for example, how do you get into college athletics administration? Not a lot of people know how to do it. They're like, well, what do I do? Bingo. You become Bingo. an athletic director, right? Bingo. They don't know. You know, we just saw... Um, a uh, brother who just got hired at George Mason as a new athletic director. He was a CPA for years. And then he got into college athletics, fundraising, running, you know, the compliance. And then all of a sudden he moves from Brown to George Mason. Why? It's his skills that he developed that put him on a career pathway. And that's what students don't understand. They see the, the sort of the top of the line, right? They see ESPN. That's where I want to be. Okay. Well, what do you want to do at ESPN? I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. I don't know. I just want to work for ESPN. You failed right there. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Do you want to be in finance? Do you want to be in production? Do you want to be in programming, sales, marketing, PR, administration? What do you want to do? And that's what students don't understand. Now, part of it is our our responsibility to teach them. So when I teach my classes, I tell them, what is it you want to do? Tell me. And now I'm going to teach you how to get into those industries and, and develop the skills that you need to get in those industries. Because you know what? It has changed from when I entered in in 1999 to today, 24 years later. It is completely different. But the skill sets are still essential to develop. So get in the game is our opportunity to give them education and informational uh, opportunities. And also, we will have people on site interviewing them for internships. So this is a career opportunity as well. Um, and that's what we're really excited about and why we're really reaching out to all the HBCU community to say, listen, I don't care if you're in Mississippi, you're in Virginia, you're in D.C., here's an opportunity. If you want a, an opportunity, you know, come in, talk to us, and let's see, maybe we can help you financially to get up there. So that's what Get, get in the Game is all about. Wow. Awesome. So you talk about what it's about. You talked about the vision um, in terms of teams and leagues, brands, retail marketing. Uh, how that's connected. Talk a little bit about what the students can expect in terms of who they can connect with uh, coming to this conference. So this is one of the things that we wanted to make sure it was not was a B2B type of thing. We didn't want it to be where I'm going to network with, you know, my colleagues. We didn't want it to be like that. What, What students can expect is a B2C experience, meaning you will hear from people who have done it but you will also see how these people did it. You will see case studies. How do you take a product from you know uh, just a thought all the way to execution and launch? How do you you know develop a college athletics program? You know I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that I can work with Morgan State to talk to someone like a Kenny Monday about how did you bring wrestling back to Morgan State. Mm. That's a business thing. That is not just some goodwill stuff. They had to get money. Right. They had to get $2 million to start that program. So how do you do that? What did you have to do? So they can expect to learn how real life situations are actually brought to fruition. And so they will understand, okay, so if I want to get into sales, do I have the ability to you know, call people? Do I have the ability to go network? Do I have the ability to be on the front lines? If I don't want to do that, then I'm not built for sales. But this way, you'll learn that right off the bat. So that's what they can expect. They can expect real life um, theory integrated into practice is what they can expect. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. I'm about to talk about this. This was, um, this was in um, Baltimore. But tell us the dates mm-hmm. and the location. So specifically in terms of where this event. Sure. So it's October 6th through the 8th of this year. So it's coming up in a couple months. Um, it will be at the Sheraton Inner Harbor in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, the the sixth will be sort of a welcome, you know, Mike, we were joking about crab cakes. That will be yep. the welcome Baltimore style on Friday. And on the seventh, we begin early and we will be going through some really, really great panelists, sessions. Um, we will also have talent acquisition managers on site who will be conducting interviews, and they will also be conducting 
sessions on how do you build an effective resume? How do you interview properly? How do you dress properly? That to me has, I'm blown away by how a lot of these students don't know how to dress anymore. I mean, they're coming Mm. to classes in pajamas and that throws me off. I'm like, man, oh God. But you know, that's the way they are. But when they come to an interview, you better not come in slides and pajamas because you'll get thrown right out. So we have mm-hmm. to teach them that. And that is something that we need to take the responsibility on for people who have done it. We need to give back and let them understand this is what is expected of you. Absolutely. For those that come across the show, those that uh, listen to it live and those that want to share it uh, with uh, students, friends and family as we move forward, how can they get more information? So we actually have a, um, the website is up and running. Now it is getinthegameconference.net. Um, all the information is there. So you can actually go online. You can see it. All Everything is there. You can email us. We will answer questions directly. Um, we are actually going to update probably in the next couple of weeks, the sessions and some of the speakers that we have. Um, we haven't officially unveiled the sessions. We're waiting to confirm a few things, but Trust me, it'll be worth the wait, um, which I'm very excited about. And we're adding other people as well. You know, again, we one of the things I notice in sports is that people always want the biggest names, right? They want the Steph Currys and the LeBrons and, you know, all these guys. But the biggest names don't necessarily have the best stories or know the most and make make it so that they can tell the best experiences. And so we want to have the right people who are doing great things, who have made great careers, but can also translate that message and experience to students. So it's very important for us to have the right people there, not just the biggest names, if you will. Absolutely. Wow. It's good to have you. We're getting up into our last break. Um, There's going to be a lot of growth. And I know behind the scenes, uh, as we talk off mic, you had a chance of some of the expectations, some of the individuals that you're working on bringing to that. As that comes to fruition and you're able to release it, we'd love to bring you back to talk a little more specifically about the conference and those that are being involved. And I believe in this so much because it connects with our HBCUs and the students involved. And obviously I wanna see more of our students getting involved in HBCU sports, particularly those that have an interest with it. And from day one, as I developed the program here in Sport Management, Texas Southern University, the framework was about the business side of this, right? Mm-hmm. We've stretched out now, and I have a joint appointment over in the School of Communication, so we also talk about, obviously, the uh, broadcast communication side of that. But as you allude to, that is the business as well. It's yep. just multiple tentacles of what that looks like. So we'd love to have you back to talk a little yep. more specifically about some things we got a chance to kind of cover a lot in a little time, but we want to come in and dig a little more specifically on some subject matter um, issues as you are certainly an expert in that field. So we'd love to have you back. I think this is momentous momentous and an opportunity to give people uh, some knowledge, uh, particularly about our students getting in to get in the game. Uh, Sherrington in Harbor, Baltimore, Maryland, October 6th to 8th. Uh, come on, get into the website, register, Let's get involved, get this done. But I want to tease this out because we got a lot of fans out there that want some information too. We might have to find a way to do a second cycle of this once this hits and grows about how we can educate our fans as well. But that being said, we'll close out after this break. I want to thank you again for joining us. I know you're a busy man and uh, certainly uh, 
glad that you extended a little more time than we originally talked about, but it was so much great information. We wanted to get it out. With that said, let's stop. We'll be right back after this last break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll kind of close out with some games and baseball softball for you to watch this weekend. Uh, with that, stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the Law Office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBCU Lab for all the lab listeners out there that jumped in. I hope you enjoyed that. Obviously, you know, as we get in the summer, you'll get more of that as we bring in different perspectives in the backside executives obviously research and journalists. So, um, you know, we're going to give you an update in terms of your sporting needs, but we also, as we said at the beginning, we talk about the businesses. So we're going to make sure you get that information of what that really looks like to understand the business of sport. Um, and obviously all those students that are interested in connect, getting involved, getting in the game, if that's what you want to do. I love the title of that in regards to what's going on there. Uh, Texas Southern University, BS in Sport Management, MS in Sports Studies, Sports Leadership, and the only HBCU out there with a concentration in sports studies uh, in terms of what that looks like. So fascinating to get that moving, you get that going uh, in terms of what that looks like. With that being said, and I should say um, concentration at the doctoral level in sports education. Uh, Mike, I want to get with you. Uh, Charles teased out a little bit, talked about some of the baseball going on. Obviously, we have key matchups this weekend. I want to get your thoughts in terms of, you know, some of the outcomes from last weekend. Obviously, a lot of that was rained out. Uh, you saw Texas Southern taking it to Southern 11 to 1 before the rain uh, kicked out everything there. Uh, Prairie View took advantage in terms of their game against Pine Bluff. They were able to get three games and they won them all, so they swept that series. So there's six games they have won alone against Pine Bluff. It puts them in the race right there. Uh, obviously, Grambling continues to do their thing as they had a game rained out themselves, but they got a couple in and got the wins there. With that being said, any thoughts in terms of what you see in the conference race uh, as we get into next week? Yeah, uh, a couple of questions that come up to mind. Uh, data points that need, I guess. I guess questions that lead to data points. Uh, you mentioned that Texas Southern uh, win against uh, Southern. You know, before that, I think we had talked about that that was going to be a key matchup. Uh, some of us felt that Texas Southern would have the edge. Some of us felt, oh, maybe it's just Southern's chance. That game was 11-1. to 1. Texas Southern yes. made, a, made a statement. 
the the third thing that the other thing is Fairview AM has a one game loss. You could blame it on the rain or whatever. You know, they're 10 and four. You know, how do they stack up against Grambling 11 13? But but the bigger question I have is Bethune is 11 and two. Is Bethune's 11 and two better than Grambling's 11 and, th- and thir- three and Prairie View's 10 and four? You look if you look at the rankings for black college nines, all of us are voting. The three top three or four are all in the east. So are they do they stand to be more powerful? I think that's starting to come to the fray. Also, you're starting to see this point in the season where pitching and depth of pitching in particular are really starting to take hold in some games. There's so you, that data point that I was looking for. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I knew I knew Charles was gonna chime in there. Yeah. If if you if yeah, if you look at Alabama State at the beginning of the season, they were like number five, six. They slowly creep up. They slowly creeping up. Look at their team ERA for those that earn run average, you know, uh, average number of runs allowed over uh, a running nine-month uh, line inning to, uh, period of time. That's a telltale sign of how deep you're. You're starting to see where the, the real wheat is coming to the top and the tape is falling out. So that's what's coming out. And I could talk forever about this, but the data points are starting to reveal themselves. Is the East truly the best? It's starting to show that way, you know, so we'll see. Yes, yes, great stuff, great analysis as we turn the page. I'm going to come to both of you on this, and I know, Charles, you teased this out a little bit, but I'm going to get Mike's thoughts, and then you just, you know, the follow-up mm-hmm. in terms of chiming in as well. With that being said, obviously, to me, the matchup this week uh, in the West is Ramlin going down to Southern. Yep. Uh, Sits in the uh, fourth spot, seven and five. Uh, but they haven't played as many as everybody, uh, including just a game uh, above them is Texas Southern with the win there. Obviously, they split on the season two and two since the last two games weren't being played because Southern took two out of three in Houston. And then at the top of the West, you have Gramlin and Prairie View, as you talked about, 10 and four, 11 and three, Gramlin up there at the top. But you had a Gramlin Southern matchup. It's in Baton Rouge. Uh, can they get the games in is the first thing. It looks like um, better weather coming in this weekend uh, as things start to brighten up on Friday. So that should be fascinating to see. But then in the East, you have that huge matchup uh, with uh, Bethune Cooking traveling to Montgomery for Alabama State. The two teams essentially at the top. FAMU obviously not to lead them out because they're tied with Alabama State at 12 and 3, sitting right there in the spot. So three teams are going to fight it out, it seems, to the end in terms of what it looks like in the East. So those are fascinating matchups. Um, Mike, your thoughts in terms of those two games, Grambling Southern, uh, Bethune-Cookman, Alabama State. Uh, first of all, let me, let me talk about Bethune and Alabama State. That is going to be a huge matchup. Yes, sir. I, I, I can't express how, how huge that's going to be. You look at all of the stats, the data points, you know, you, you look at Alabama State, they got a, a team batting average 318. You got, you know, Jackson State down at 304. <clears throat> but then you look at pitching, who's got the top pitching staff? Well, guess what? Three guesses. Oh, no, one. It's Alabama State. So you got top batting <laughs> going, going again. I mean, seriously, it is a, 
you know, you got Alabama State sitting at the top in a couple of categories. So is and Bethune is sitting right there. So that's going to really give you a telltale early indicator of who's moving the chips at this point in the season. And then Grambling against Southern, that's going to also give you, because I think you could call their series up to date. Uh, what you could call it even, let's say an even 500, right? If you look at how many who's right. won, who's lost. Uh, but Grambling sitting at the top in terms of, you know, where they stand in all the statistics. Can, the, can they overcome this Southern team who seems to be up and down at times of the year? So I think that'll tell. That's a great matchup, but my eye is on that but that 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 Alabama State game for sure. Shout out to Alabama State softball as they got a win over Georgia Tech uh, mm-hmm. the other day. Obviously, uh, Prairie View is playing some good baseball. They did lose the one game to Grambling, but they're rolling in terms of the West. So shout out to the women there. Let me go to you, Charles. Kind of close things out. You heard what Mike said on these two matchups. Obviously, you put it out there very early on Tuesday. Any change of thoughts, anything that you've added since Tuesday that you're looking for in terms of this weekend with these key mat- baseball matchups uh, coming across uh, the dirt uh, this weekend in terms of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yeah, in addition to those big games with uh, Alabama State, McClellan, Cookman, and, and Southern Grambling, I'm looking at the beneficiaries who are sitting right underneath uh, 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 Alabama mm, State in the East. Good point. Uh, FAMU. FAMU needs to sweep Mississippi Valley this weekend. And then uh, if you take Southern and Prairie View, you want Southern to take a little chunk out of Grandma's Hive this weekend so that you can kind of uh, 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 maneuver <laughs> in the standing. So, uh, you know, you, you got to kind of keep an eye on what's going on in Baton Rouge because you get an opportunity if you take care of business. Texas Southern has to take care of business in terms of a, a three-game sweep against Arkansas Pablo. Same thing with Prairie View and Alcorn. Quick question. We talked about in an earlier show, you know, Miss, you know, you talk about FAMU. They should take care of business. How should they take care of business? We talked about how, you know, you know, maybe Mississippi Valley, they get one or two games because you don't have the pitching staff. So what does that also say about FAMU? If they take they don't take care of business against the team statistically and historically that they should be. What does that say about them? We've seen Valley. Yeah, that's the type of game that you don't want to take yeah. just two out of three. You want to sweep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sweep. we've seen Mississippi Valley surprise a couple times yeah, that's this right. past season. Uh, yeah. We've seen them take one from Jackson State. We've seen them take a one from Alabama State. So uh, it's it's very interesting. This in the the Valley of the past two three years. This is a very competitive ball club. So you're going to have to come in uh, ready to go Friday night because they're going to come at you. And they really when they get on. When they get on base, they take off. They, they have yep. a lot of team speed. They're a really uh, dangerous team if they can get on base. Same thing with Alcorn. I don't know if they're quite as talented as Valley, but they've shown they've been able to get a couple of wins. Obviously, they got the win against Grambling, got the win against Southern. So that's another one where you say Prairie View, um, if you want to take advantage of what happens between Grambling and Southern, potentially, you got to take care of your business and get that sweep. So it's going to be interesting, those teams fighting at the top, getting it done, those key matchups, but the teams just below them, playing teams at the bottom, can they uh, really take advantage of that opportunity to bring out the brooms and get the sweep versus just getting two out of three? Certainly not losing the series in any, any fashion. That'll do it for us today. Uh, got a chance to get in some news at the beginning, get some updates in terms of the key baseball matchups, sneaking in a little bit of softball in terms of those matchups because it's just rivalry week for softball. You have uh, Jackson and Mississippi uh, Valley State. You have Texas Southern and Prairie View. 
Uh, you have Bethune-Cookman and FAMU, Alabama A&M and Alabama State, so Grambling and Southern. So interesting on the softball team, you have those rivalries. What, what do you want to sneak in here, Charles? Well, I wanted to uh, send a shout-out to the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. This is their first golf swag championship. I didn't get a chance to mention that at yeah. the beginning of the show, but definitely yeah. wanted to uh, – Roger Titan and his group uh, getting their first uh, golf swag championship. So kudos to the UAPB golf team. Good job, good job. No, you had to get that golf in there. They'd be mad at you. But you did your job. I see you got your golf yes, cap. Yes, You can't do that and get in the men as we share love to the women as they finished off on that Tuesday, obviously. Credit to Arkansas Pine Bluff, the Golden Lions. Get it on done on the men's side. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yada Fadil, the Dean of HBC Sports. Uh, coming from inside the lab in the college of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoy our interview uh, with Mr. Yusuf uh, uh, in regards to uh, first and pin as well as get in the game. Uh, hope you enjoy that interview. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cabill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Obviously moving back and forth. And again, that is Mr. Yusuf Khan in terms of our interview we had earlier. Let's we'll see if we can get him back to stir it up a little bit and get in more information about uh, the different concepts uh, that I know a lot of our viewers want to know and our fans. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Dismissed. Shout out to Brian Fulford. Make sure you check out uh, his show Sunday night as they get it to you, Brian and AD, ONG Strike Zone, as they give you all the insight of the orange and green. That is fam you. Uh, obviously, Carlos Brown on uh, Saturdays uh, as he gives you insight on Southern. And then 1876 Sports and Culture as they close out their season uh, in terms of what they do for Prayer View. With that being said, again, dismiss. Have a great one. Go out and watch some baseball, softball. B. Ryan, thank you for not giving that ridiculous rattler sound. Thank you. <laughs>